Thank you. Pastor Russell, thank you for those of you also joining us online. Well, we have titled this second part, second chapter, extension of however you want to term it, of Made for Greatness. We are calling it After God's Heart. And I know many of you know this, that greatness comes when life and life accomplishments are not about us. Turn to the person next to you, closest person, say, it's not about you. <laughs> and then tell them, it's certainly not about me. Ooh, that's a little softer than the first one. <laughs> but we know this, that whatever, greatness defines a person that is committed to God. No matter what life and the enemy throws their way, they remain steadfast, they remain faithful and obedient to his word. And I want to encourage us that whatever we go through, even as we were encouraged just a few seconds ago by Pastor Russell, that we might be facing mountains, we might be facing giants in our life, but as we remain faithful to him, steadfast, his plan and his purpose will come to pass. Can I hear a strong amen? Well, over the last several weeks, we looked at the life of Joseph. And just to recap really quickly, he was faithful despite whatever obstacle or challenge that he faced. Remember this, right? He had a dream. He had a dream that people around him, his family, would bow down to him. And of course, when you have an older brother, if you went to your older brother and say, one day you're going to bow down to me, come on, that ain't going to fly very well. Right. And so the older brothers, they got jealous. They got angry. They took him, threw him, threw him into a pit. Then they eventually sold him to slavery. He ended up in the nation of Israel in the house of Potiphar, who was the head of all of the Egyptian guard. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and thus thrown into prison and then forgotten. But Joseph remained faithful those, for those two years he was in prison. Faithful to God. Faithful to the responsibilities that were given to him. And because of that, when there was an opportunity that presented itself, that God brought across his path, when the ruler of the nation of Egypt, Pharaoh, called on everybody, because he had a dream, he himself had a dream, and nobody could interpret it. One person, the cupbearer, remembered this guy named Joseph and called him into the palace, and he interpreted the dream. And I love this, how God orchestrates things in our life when we are faithful. Joseph not only saved the nation of Egypt from starvation and calamity, but he also saved his own family. In the midst of injustice done to him, he stepped up, was faithful and steadfast, and honored the Lord in his interactions with his family, repaired the relationship, saved his family, and consequently he saved all of the nations of the world. Well, in this half of the series, through the month of October, we're going to look at the life of David. Prior to him being king, he was just a shepherd boy. But even on the backside of the wilderness, tending to his father's sheep, he was faithful. And God, through his faithfulness to him, put him on a path to become the next king of Israel. And through that, the nation of Israel was blessed. Just like Joseph, David had to, come on, walk in patience. Come on, he had to demonstrate patience. How many have ever prayed that prayer, Lord, give me patience? <laughs> a few honest people, right? I tell you what, that's, can I be honest? Can I have a little unplugged moment? That's one of the prayers I try to avoid. Because once I pray that prayer, guess what? God goes, all right, Paris, you want patience? Here comes your test, the test of the emergency broadcast system. <laughs> and so that's one of the prayers I try to avoid. But David had to be patient. Because it would take 10 full years from the time he was anointed to coronated. 
as king. And in those years, he remained faithful to God. He remained faithful to the responsibilities that was given to him by his father. And he remained faithful to the king, King Saul of that time. Well, we look here in Samuel 16. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite for I have provided for myself a king among all his sons. David was rejected. David was forgotten, but he remained faithful. He was tested, but he passed every challenge with flying colors. And after it was all said and done, he heard the commendation of the Lord. And I believe this. It's one of the greatest commendations that God can say to you. You are a man. You are a woman. You are a boy. You are a girl after my own heart. How many would want to hear God say that about you? Five of you. How many would want to say God say that about you? That you are a person after my own heart. Well, some background. The nation of Israel was not supposed to be led by a king. Unfortunately, the people of Israel saw the other nations of the world, and they were being led by kings. And so they said, we want to be led by a king. Because back in the day, they were either being led by a judge or they were being ruled by a prophet. So they said, at that time is now gone. We want to now be ruled by a king. Let me just say this. The word of God is very clear that God encourages us to be in the world, but not of the world. And sometimes when, we're, when we try to be effective, to be salt and light, if we don't watch ourselves and conduct ourselves in a godly manner, we can easily let life and society creep in into our life to influence us instead of influencing them. Come on, can I hear amen? And so many times that happens. And we start to begin to desire the world's culture, the, the, the world's ways and the way of life. Much is very contrary to the word of God. So we find here King Saul disobeyed God, not once, but twice, and God was displeased. And so God said, it's time for another king, and Samuel was chosen to anoint a new king. We pick it up here in verse 4. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, do you come peacefully? And he said, peacefully I come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Verse 6, when they came, he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Because Eliab passed the look test. Eliab was handsome. He was probably the strongest. He was probably the tallest, much like Russell. I tried that in the first service with Chad and no one said amen. Okay. Having that same response, sorry, Russell, all right, all right. <laughs> right, Eliab passed the look test. Well, we go on. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance nor on his height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, Well, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send, get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent him and brought him in, 
Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord, or another version of the Bible says, came upon him from that day forward. Several things that we can pull from this particular passage of Scripture. Number one, greatness is developed in the seasons of obscurity. Greatness is developed in the seasons of obscurity. Jesse had all of his best sons pass before Samuel. In his mind, he said, surely one of these seven, one of these handsome buggers will be chosen as the next king of Israel. But God had other plans. He had a different method. He had a different way to carry out his plan and purpose in that day. David was just a teen, just a teenager, right? And he was tending his father's sheep. Now, we all know this to be true. Shepherds in that day, culturally, in that day in society, was one of the lowliest positions in society, how many have ever been around, uh, not shrimp, sheep? <laughs> How many have been around sheep? Well, let me just say this. Sheep stink. <laughs> They're nasty, all right? They don't follow directions very well. Now, let me correlate to, to maybe all of us in the different circumstances or experiences of life that we are in. Maybe we feel we're like David. We're tending the sheep of life. Maybe we might be in, 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 in a certain family. And we think, man, my family stinks. <laughs> you might be at a job, and you think, man, my boss stinks. I know none of our pro-side staffs think that. <laughs> you might think, well, this situation stinks. God, why have you forgotten me here? This stinks. Why am I here? All right. Have you ever felt that way? Come on, some of you honest people here today. We have all felt that in some moment in our life. And we say, well, Lord, what can I do for you? Look, I'm here. Here am I. I'm tending stink sh sheep. I'm in this stink situation. I got to watch what I say because another word might come up. <laughs> Gosh, this is all over the internet. I'm so sorry for those of you watching. We can, we can edit some of those. Uh, we can go beep. All right. All right. And we can look at the situation of like, gosh, God, where are you? Have you forgotten me? Well, when those seasons come, when we're seemingly forgotten, rejected, what do we do? We can easily grumble and complain, right? We can easily ask God, God, why, right? We can easily compare ourselves to other people. Right? They're being blessed. They're being promoted. The, the things are great in their marriage. Things are great in their family. Things are great in their business. But what about me? Right? Or are we like David, who was faithful? Faithful. And what he was doing while no one else was looking, he was getting himself ready. He was preparing his heart. He was preparing his mind. He was preparing his life. For when the opportunity that God would present it to him, and because of his faithfulness when no one else was looking, tending to stink sheep, faithful in that, God knew that he would be faithful as king over Israel. We have all been rejected in life, but we can either waste our time, our energy on what is versus looking at what could be. What could be? David wasn't clamoring for a position. He wasn't looking for a title. I don't think he even knew that the prophet Samuel was at his house. From the Bible series, which took a little bit of liberty in, in, in exegeting this particular passage of Scripture, 
we find here the first encounter of young David being faithful in tending the sheep, encountering the prophet Samuel. And then later, before he became king, he served the evil first king. Take a look on screen. After Saul's disobedience, God commands his prophet Samuel to find a new king. Comes an attendant in Saul's court, a king in waiting. I love this about David. He was faithful in that season of obscurity. He was faithful when he was looked over. His father didn't even take it into consideration to invite him to the house where the prophet Samuel was going to find and anoint a new king. He wasn't even considered. He wasn't even on the invite list. That's why scripture is very clear. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. In that season of obscurity, in that season of maybe you feel like you've been forgotten, do you still remain faithful? Do you still remain humble? Because in due time, the Lord will lift you up. Can I hear amen? Right. The Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance nor the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees, but man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. My question to all of us, myself included, what is the condition of your heart? Is the soul of your heart ready and prepared for God to use you? Now, I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm amazed as human nature that we are all selfish. Come on, how many can say I, I'm a selfish person? Again, more people on this, all right? The rest of you are lying, all right? <laughs> We're all, we all are selfish, and we don't have, it's, it's an innate in us because of the sinful nature that's been given to us. Well, in my house, 
I have two young babies, two young children. One is 15 months old, and one is 21, 21 months old, okay? And it, it's chaos, okay? And so let me just say this. On this platform, I may preach, but as, as soon as I get off this platform, I change diapers, okay? <laughs> and so my wife uh, has in her living room floor a lot of toys, and a lot of toys to keep them occupied, right? So they can play and interact with one another. So there's a lot of toys out there. But inevitably, somehow... They end up fighting over one toy. When one of the girls finds a toy, the other girl drops her toy and looks at this toy and says, that's mine. And so there is a tug of war. I'm like, girl, stop it. I mean, we're trying to teach you to be selfless. Instead, you're demonstrating selfish, selfishness. And it's in us. Now, let me just say this. We have two in our house, and we have one on the way. There is a bun in the oven. <laughs> uh, reason why some of you are like, how come uh, Twinkle seems to be having running out of breath is because she can't breathe while she sings right now. But I look at even today's culture. Today's culture, is, a lot of it is about self-promotion. Right? With, with, with the internet and social media platforms, it's all about putting the best forward. All about presenting the best side of you. Right? And making sure people know you, people see what you're doing. And really, people don't care. <laughs> but we got to put the best pose, all right? the best food, the best celebration, and so that everybody in the world can see. And we strive so hard for the affirmation of people. And when we don't receive it, what happens is we make poor choices and we get into unhealthy relationships. Well, a social psychologist did a test did an experiment, and he called on people to, to be a part of a, a celebration. And he noticed something about this, and he kind of set them up. He says, at this celebration, he told the people that are hosting the celebration, ignore the people that are coming, that have been invited, and let's see what happens. And so he, he, found, this phenomenon, he found this phenomenon to be true. They remember, if you ever had that kicked in the gut moment when somebody rejects you, somebody doesn't acknowledge you, you're looking at, I'm here, I've been invited, and I'm being ignored. How many have been kind of in the celebration of party like that before? And so you get kind of sick, right? You get kind of queasy. You get a little nauseous and say, well, you know, I, we're going to leave. We've been ignored, right? David didn't feel that. He didn't type in the comment section, thank you for the invite, right? When you see your friend post something, a birthday party, a wedding or, or some get-together, and you see that media post, and you look, oh, I never get the invite. And they will put in the comment section passive-aggressively, thank you for the invite, <laughs> right? And you say, you tell the person, well, I really didn't want to go anyway. <laughs> right? David didn't feel like that. He wasn't even on the invite. He was at Jesse's father. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think there's somebody. He's the youngest. He's insignificant. He's tending my sheep. He's out there on the backside of the wilderness. But because of David's faithfulness, when the opportunity came, God chose him. My question to all of us, are we as faithful as David was faithful? When no one else sees, so we, will we walk in obedience to the word of God? So will we still remain steadfast? 
Will we still follow his purpose and his way? Because when the time comes, the opportunity comes, the soil of our heart will be ready to be used by God. I look at the NFL. Tony represents NFL. He played in the NFL, right? Stop looking at your fantasy scores, some of you. There are many NFL players who have played who are currently playing. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder. Why? Because they were snubbed. Maybe they didn't, get, they, maybe they didn't get drafted by the team that they wanted to play for. They got passed over. Maybe they didn't get the pick in the draft where they thought they would land. Right? They went down in the draft. And so they played with a chip on their shoulder. David didn't do that. He didn't, he, he didn't walk in rejection. He didn't walk in not being chosen. He walked in faithfulness. He walked in the calling and purpose that God had for his life. Second thing we find here is that greatness comes as we submit ourselves to God. Right? Scripture says, and he was sent and he was brought in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. Then the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. While David was chosen, he still had to say yes. We are all called to a great purpose, God's purpose, but we still have to say yes to God. And at this point, I don't think he fully realized what he was called to do. I don't, feel, I don't think he fully realized that he would be the next king of Israel. All he did was say yes. He had to break through the self-conscious thoughts of what his family was thinking. Can you imagine what his brothers were thinking? The seven older brothers? They probably were mistreating David. They probably were giving David the scraps. Come on now. Let's be honest. Let's, re let's read the Bible for what it is. All right. They were probably looking. He's the youngest. He's insignificant. He's just a shepherd boy. But now he will be king. And I'm sure they were looking at him and, hmm, how, how, they, how, they, how can God pick him? Reason why? Because David was faithful. He was faithful. I'm sure there was some resentment in their hearts. I'm sure there was jealousy, right? But David didn't look for affirmation to follow the purpose and calling of God. He said, yes, God, here I am. I am. Sometimes in life, we get trapped in the trap of affirmation. When God calls us to walk with him, to walk in obedience, to walk in faithfulness, sometimes we look to other people for that affirmation. I remember many years ago when I felt the call of God to become a minister or step into church ministry. Now, I was young at that time. And so I approached my father and I said, hey, dad, um, you know, I think I'm called to the ministry. And that was a very tough conversation to have with him because at that point, he walked away from the church. He got hurt from the church. And so now when I, when I said, hey, I'm going en to enter the ministry, I represented something that he hated, if I can use that word. He detested. I represented the church that hurt him. And so it was a, a, a tough conversation and actually broke our relationship for several years until God reconciled us together again. But I had to say this, Dad, as much as I want to honor you, because he wanted me to be a businessman, 
to make a lot of money. <laughs> I said, Dad, um, I have to obey my Father in heaven more than I have to obey you. And I think sometimes in life, when God calls us to be faithful to him, to walk in obedience to him, sometimes we're looking for the affirmation of our family. Sometimes we're held back by the relationships in our life. And David had to say yes. Yes, he was chosen. Yes, he was called. But he had to say yes, despite all of what other people were thinking. Whatever God calls you to do, do it for the glory of God and not for the affirmation of people. Can I hear amen? Scripture is very clear. It says, whatever you do, whether, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father, thanks to God the Father through him. I had to honor my heavenly Father more than honoring my earthly Father. And it was a tough call, tough decision, but at the end, God reconciled our relationship, and at the end, I knew it was the right thing to do. I want to encourage you, don't let your past or your present circumstance prevent you from a great tomorrow that God has in store for you. Whatever you're walking through, realize that God is using it for his good. And third of all, in closing, greatness comes as we walk in obedience to God. Greatness comes as we walk in obedience to God. The shepherd's psalm, we all know this, we have heard this. Psalms 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David recognized this very important fact, that all that he would need in life, all that he would need as a shepherd boy, all that he would need while he waited to be coronated as king, all that he would need as king of Israel would come from God. There wasn't a striving to be more than what God called him to be. Sometimes in life, we strive to be more. We want more. And God says, no, that you don't need more. I'm all that you need. And he recognized this, that God does the leading. I love that. First line, he says, I shall not want. Can that be said of us? Lord, you're all I need. I shall not want. I don't need anything else. I don't need to strive to be anything else. All I need to do is be obedient to the calling and purpose that you have for me and be faithful in this season and to be faithful in the next season. And that was David's heart. And he recognized that God does the leading even when God led him to the valley of the shadow of death. He recognized that God was with him. We forget that, that God led David to the valley of the shadow of death. We think, well, following God is all mountaintop experiences. I'm sorry, it is not. They are valley moments. Can I hear amen? And you might be there right now. Trust me that God is leading you to it. And he promises that he will lead you through it because he is with you. He had to serve God even in difficult situations, even with difficult people. Do we have that same heart? The first king, King Saul, was disobedient to God. 
and God was displeased. And the favor of God left Saul and was now coming upon David, who's not yet king. He's anointed but not coronated. And so we find here, so Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He's a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. While David was faithful, when he thought no one was looking, somebody was looking. Beyond the Lord, there were other people looking at David's faithfulness. Can that be said of us? When we think no one is around in our homes, in our communities, on the campus, at work, with difficult people, can we still remain faithful? Can we still walk with humility? Can we still walk in obedience to the word of God? When no one else is looking, can that be said of us that we are faithful men and we are faithful women? Somebody saw David. And somebody saw the faithfulness and humility upon this young man who was developing his gifts and abilities when no one else was looking besides God. He was faithful to that. And when that moment came, he was called on to be a person that would come alongside of this evil king, King Saul. So David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent, to Jesse, sent word to Jesse saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Whenever the Spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. Before David could become king, he had to serve the first king, an evil king. Maybe some of you are in that same situation. You find yourself in the context of some difficult situations and being around difficult people. Can you still serve them faithfully as God would want you to serve them? Can you still love them as God would want you to love them? That's the question for all of us. It's easy when we have good people around us. It's easy when things are going well. But when things are challenged in our life, when things are difficult in our life, can we still remain faithful to God? Even when we think no one else is looking, but someone is looking. Could be a family member. Could be a friend. Could be a coworker that's looking at your response, looking to see if you actually would be faithful. Even in the difficult situation that you're in, the circumstances that you are facing, can you still remain faithful? Can you still walk with integrity? Can you still walk with humility? Will we serve others faithfully, doing it all for the glory of God? Because I believe this, in the end, the greatest commendation from God will be said of you. He said of you, you're a man you're a woman after my own heart. My question to all of us today is that whatever we're facing, just like David was forgotten, was rejected, who wasn't invited to the party, 
he still remained faithful. He didn't realize that other people were looking. And when he was called to, to serve King Saul, he served him faithfully. For 10 years, he served Saul faithfully until he became king. Lord, we thank you. Even as we come to a time of worship, to remember that you are a faithful God. Lord God, calls our hearts, Lord God, to be reminded of your faithfulness to us. That you haven't forgotten us, Lord God. That you cause us sometimes to walk in and through the valley of the shadow of death. And I just sense even today, maybe even some folks online, that you're walking in a difficult situation. Difficult relationships. And it's been tough. And you've been saying, God, why me? Why now? And I hear the word of the Lord just to bring encouragement to you. says, if I bring you to it, I will bring you through it. And I am with you. Be faithful. Walk in obedience. That blessing is right around the corner. It's coming. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for who you are. You're a faithful God. And, Lord, even as we come to a time of worship, declaring that in song and worship, Lord God, help us to be reminded of your faithfulness and who you are. Let's all stand. Let's take a moment of worship to be reminded that he is a faithful God. We thank you, Lord God. Let's sing.